and searching What most people say just can't be found But you always find me out Welcome to Following the Fire. Thanks for joining us on this journey through the wilderness. Just like Israel followed the pillar of fire and smoke, we want to take a new look at our beliefs and just follow him. And like Israel, we get it wrong a lot, we get lost a lot, but we're we're doing our best to, to go where God leads us. I'm Nathan. And I'm Steve. Can't compare with what you're Today we're going to be talking a bit about how growing up in the Churches of Christ impacted our faith. And to all of our friends and family out there in the Churches of Christ, hopefully this will be less awkward to listen to than it was for us to record it. But no promises. Enjoy! Oh man. So how are you doing? <laughs> Pretty good. I, I'm, hopefully I can stay awake for this. <laughs> I, I noticed it was really nice outside and I needed to get a bike ride in. So I took a bike ride half the way, like five miles into it. Uh, it was like completely into the wind the whole time. But nice thing yeah. is on the way back, I just kind of sort of pedaled and was going like Sailed. 20 miles an hour. <laughs> nice. But I realized when I got back and I took a shower, I'm like, I am really wiped out. <laughs> so, but I'll, I'll be okay. Christy made me some coffee. So, yeah. So, how are you? Um, I'm I'm good. Um, I had a my son had the sniffles, and um, it's so hard uh, with a six year old, and, and in the morning he doesn't want to go to school, and so if if he acts sick. He knows that maybe that means he doesn't have to go to school. And um, a year ago, he said, Daddy, I'm sick. And I was like, no, you're not getting the car. And the nurse called me and said he's got a fever. And he actually was sick. And I felt so bad. And then that was like a week or two before we closed down everything um, for COVID. So then um, this week, he said, Daddy, I'm not feeling good. And so I was like, yeah, you are. But I will measure it. So I took his temperature. He was 98.1. He, he had high energy. I brought him to school. And then an hour later, the school You're kidding. And said he's got a fever. I was like, what? Um, I was wrong again. I felt so I felt bad, you know, twice in a row. But at least I did everything I could. So um, I, I recently realized in general in my life, I feel like a good phrase to describe my life is from the movie elf okay it's a very obscure quote but it's when the the workaholic dad is excuses himself from dinner um and then the the kid uh mirrors him to try to get out of eating dinner too so he's like got a bunch of homework to go over and i'm way behind on a bunch of stuff that's what the kid says um and uh but i feel like i'm way behind on a bunch of stuff and that's been my that's been true for like six yeah months welcome to the rest of your life <laughs> yeah, I know. I, thought, I was I was worried when I thought that I was like, and then the the release from that I feel like will be death. I'll be like, because next next week I'm I'm not gonna be I'm gonna do a lot of things. I do a lot of things, 
And next week, I'm going to be a slightly more behind on slightly more <laughs> things. Yeah, uh, baby steps. And, uh, yeah. At least you know what to expect for the rest of your life, so you're good. Yeah, I'm good. I'm good with that. I've just accepted it. It's all right. So what do you have on your mind? I kind of want to talk about... Um, I felt like I was tiptoeing around uh, last time we talked about the Church of Christ. So much so that I didn't, didn't even want to say the Church of Christ. Um, but I feel like if, if I can talk about it for a little bit, then I won't feel weird about it anymore. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I feel that. Go. That's what's yeah. been on my mind. But I, I wanted to talk about it, and uh, um, but I'm also trying to be careful. I'm not meaning to criticize or, uh, or to talk negatively or anything like that. And uh, something I've learned um, is where you grow up or what you grow, the framework that you grow up thinking about really frames how, how you see the world. And so oh, yeah. I don't know if there's something more formative in my life than growing up in the Church of Christ. Um, and an example, I, I learned, um, I think this is true. So... I realized you can go anywhere in the world and a, some kind of a weather event will happen and you will hear this sentence on Monday when you go to work. How, how about that weather, huh? <laughs> and then they'll say, well, that's for you. And they'll insert wherever you are. They'll be like, that's Texas for you, right? That's Oklahoma. Uh, you know, that's Florida for you. That's Colorado for you. That's Paris for you. That's, you know, that's Belgium in April for you, right? Mm -hmm. And if, you know, if you just stay in the one spot, what you think is, our weather is crazy. <laughs> but if you just pulled everybody, is your weather crazy? They'd be like, yeah, sure is. Because weather changes. Yeah. <laughs> in fact, we don't even call it weather unless it does a different thing. Like, <laughs> you know. Right. Like, does San Diego um, have weather? It's like, it's always 72 and sunny. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so, you know, exactly. They're, you know, but when it rains, they'll be like, everyone's going to be talking about it on Monday. And they'll be, right. what they'll be saying is like, oh man, that California, that California weather. <laughs> um, and so, you know, I'm, I'm trying to be cognizant of the fact that I grew up in the Church of Christ. And so when I think about Christianity or when I think about churches or Christians, I'm thinking about, 0.08% of people who identify as Christians, but kind of taking that to represent the whole of everything. Um, yeah. And then the second, the second psychology thing is you will either defend something or criticize that same exact thing, depending on who you're with. Mm. So, um, and mostly it's if you're an insider and you're with another insider, you're going to criticize the thing. Hmm. But if you're an insider and now you're talking to an outsider, you're going to defend the thing. Hmm. And so um, I felt, you know, I feel that way about America. Um, if it's easy to be like, oh, man, America, uh, if, if you're talking to American, uh, you, you might say one thing. But then if if you're in France and someone says America, America is stupid and I think you are all ignorant of us. I'll be like, hey, wait a minute now. We we do a lot of things great, you know. And then I'll start listing the things that we do better than than French people, which is meat, beer, coffee, um, 
what else? Well, there's lots of things that we, that we do that hit, you know, hit home because it's food and French people. Guns and God. You yeah. know, we got a lot more of all that stuff. Yeah, because it's like you're defending um, your tribe at that moment, you know? Exactly. That's exactly right. But, but when you're at the family reunion, you make fun of your family. Right. Because because we want to make things better, right? That's why we complain, right? <laughs> that's why. That's hopefully why, we, you know, and the... I might be wrong about this and we work for competing companies kind of. So it's, it's always iffy, but when I'm with my company people, all I talk about is how horrible the company is. Like, <laughs> I can't believe we make money. I can't believe this thing is still running and look at all these problems. But as soon as I'm, you know, if I was a salesperson, Oh yeah. You know, and now, now I'm talking to, to people using our equipment. I would be right in saying like, Hey, this is great stuff. It's a good team to work for. Yeah. And this, you know, and both and, sides and, are true, right? And they're both, they are both completely true. It's just the perspective. It's just the perspective. So, um, so I feel, you know, if I'm talking to people who grew up in the church of Christ, we'll have the same things we love, but then we'll be, we'll have things that we criticize. Um, but then all of a sudden, if I'm talking to someone else and they're curious, I'll, you know, I'll have a completely different, different list of stuff to say. Um, so there's no word to there's no adjective for when you're in the church of Christ, maybe church of Christ or, um, so it's hard to talk about. Um, but if someone asks and then there's no global structure, there, there's not a Pope, there's not a convention. Yeah. There, there's not an association that meets and says, this is what a church of Christ is. And this is what a church of Christ isn't. And so even talking about the church of Christ is impossible because um, each congregation is going to be so different because they're, they're autonomous. They're, they're leading themselves. Um, and so anytime you talk about the church of Christ, I guess this is true of any other denomination or even religion, you're going to be generalizing. Um, but the church of Christ is, is, is a pretty American thing. Uh, came out of the restoration movement in the 1800s ish um, restoration, meaning instead of kind of slowly iteratively improving some denomination that was going, you just start over. It's like restoring a house. You, you go back to the studs. Yeah. Like reform um, people hear the reformation a lot, which is what kind of what Martin Luther kicked off in Germany with Reform, the, the idea was, the, the concept was that the Catholic Church was the church, in period. And it kind of was at the time. And they wanted to ref, he wanted to reform things. He didn't want to burn down the Catholic Church or start something new. He wanted to reform it and make it like it should be with like the 99 Theses and all that stuff. But right. yeah, the, the Restoration Movement was all about, like back, like the church started in 33 AD when Jesus rose from the dead. Etc. So let's let's start there instead of starting with Martin Luther. Let's start over. Exactly. Yep. Which is, you know, I'm I've been steeped in it for thirty years, but I I love that I I love that idea of let's let's just get back to Jesus and and the beginning and measure ourselves against that and and move forward and make sure that that's our kind of our yardstick. Um. And so to. Um, to to the Church of Christ, the the loose thing that 
all the churches of Christ maybe have in common, or that they would describe themselves as, um, would be trying to base everything they do on something in the Bible. Yeah. Um, which, which feeds a lot of things like, um, kind of a, re- a rejection of a creed, a creed being something that someone else wrote to kind of summarize, um, succinctly something that's in the Bible. Um, yeah, you, even like the apostles creed, which is so popular in even a lot of evangelical churches these days would be something that generally churches of Christ would say, no, oh, we don't need that. Then we got the Bible. Yeah. No yeah. creed, but the Bible, um, which of course is a creed, but, but people don't say that in a, in a church of Christ. You know, they don't even say no creed, but the Bible, they just ha- skipped over that. So, um, for me, I've, I've visited other, other churches and in, in Paris, I went to something that was maybe an Anglican church and man, I, I tripped over myself because they're, uh, there, there was a creed that they said that everyone knew and I didn't. And then there was, you know, there was another section where I, I had no, no clue what was going on. So, um, pretty ignorant to a lot of what other churches are doing. Biblical biblical names for biblical things, mm-hmm. uh, immersion baptism, full dumpage as an adult, yeah, and then I would say, adding on to that, if there's nothing in the Bible about what to do, then trying to look at what did they do in the first century, right? But what if if you were a Christian from if you were ninety nine point nine two percent of Christians and you went to a Church of Christ, first thing you would notice is that we don't worship with instruments. Right. And then what, but what we would hope you notice is that we're really strong in the, in biblical knowledge. <clears throat> yeah. I would say that, um, but the, the instrument thing is a huge, huge deal. Yeah. And then I'd say after that kind of on accident, the, the thing that is not part of what a church of Christ is trying to be, but what it accidentally is, is when you do want to go back to the basics, it still had a very, I would call it a modern modern meaning just logical thought uh, approach to what is scripture and an emphasis on actually Sunday, the, the worship doing that part, right. Which means that we as a, as a tradition have tried to read the Bible to find clues for what are those things? Mm-hmm. What, what are those rules so that we know that we're doing it right? Which is if it's three generations from the person who, who was well-intentioned, then what you just know is, well, we don't do all this stuff and we think the right stuff. So, so we're correct. Um, so some good, some good things about the church of Christ, I would say are a strong emphasis on biblical study, really, really beautiful worship because, uh, everyone has to sing and, and it's just really powerful when four part harmony acapella. And so we've gotten good at it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, uh, songs where the, where we're singing complex melodies and harmonies. What else? Um, I really love, uh, there's not a clergy, so everything is lay person led. There, there still may be professional or paid ministers or staff, but um, I'd say, you know, if you went to a hundred churches of Christ, you would see 90 people standing up in front of the congregation doing something and they're not being paid to do it. They're just people, regular people. Yeah. Really like that. Um, local autonomy is is pretty cool too, because regular people like us can have influence or or talk about you know what we think should be important. And then things to 
that are scary is when I think when you really emphasize believing the correct thing and that'll accidentally be tied to salvation eventually if mm. you believe the right thing then that makes you saved which means the stakes are incredibly high um, for almost anything for for almost anything and so that has for one that makes it very hard to talk about things that we're not sure about or even say we're not mm. sure about mm. something um, because there's a you know, introducing that insecurity might be in like, what about my salvation? Yeah. Or if there's a, if something I believed one way is maybe different than I thought, is everything a sham? Right. Yeah. yeah. And, and the, the other unintended effect of wanting to believe all the right things and then accidentally tying that to salvation uh, unspokenly is it's really hard to make friends as a congregation with the other congregations in the town. Um, right. And, and I would say that that's actually something that, um, is very hard to notice because it's a, it's a thing that is absent. But if, but if you were in a different church, you would, and then you went to a church of Christ, you would realize like, oh, our pastors don't meet with the other pastors every week for breakfast, or we don't call them pastors. Either, right. But our ministers. Yeah, and and even you know things that have been controversial even at our church are things like, hey, we want to help with this fire thing, and the Baptists are doing something. We can't join them in that effort because that would be controversial, even though what we're doing is giving people water bottles out of a trailer. So we've got to do our own thing. So it, it it's kind of made it a very isolated thing from other traditions, and so I'm just barely learning about like, hey. Who else is out there? Uh, what are you doing Monday through Saturday? Yeah. That's different from what I do Monday through Saturday. And and also, what are you doing on, on Sunday? The rain is falling hard on this dusty ground. I got no way of knowing what will grow. So that that's a weird that that's kind of an intro in, in case there's anyone that, that hasn't heard of the Church of Christ or didn't grow up in it. I skipped a lot. That's um, fine. There's a, <laughs> there's a lot more, but what tell me about kind of your your journey and your your relationship with the Church of Christ. So uh, obviously I've I've been going to the church of Christ or a church of Christ of some sort since I was born. Um, my parents and all my, all my extended family and my grandparents on my, my, I think my grandparents on my dad's side were converted in Nebraska. Um, maybe before my dad was born or roughly around that time. And then my, my parent, my family on my Mom's side goes back, I don't know how long, with Churches of Christ uh, connections. Um, and gen generally, uh, well, actually, I, I did some, I, I got a while, by, a while back, I got really into Ancestry.com. Okay, yeah. And then um, I, 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 I traced back, and there were lots of generations of, preachers of some sort or the other. And then, and then there's kind of a gap of like farmers or 
bankers or something. And then I got into all these um, several generations of like Baptist ministers. And then like the, the earliest members of my family that came over from England, like in the 1600s or something helped build the first church of England. Oh, wow. Cathedral or something in like Virginia or something. So church, my family, church, church has been part of my family forever. Right. (laughs) Um, but heavily, uh, quote unquote church of Christ for, for as long as is practically, uh, historic practical practically historical for my family yeah family as family history yeah which yeah. is you it, can only remember fa- family memory that's what i mean to say that that's that's probably a better way to put it because yeah you can only remember a few, a few generations back yeah. and then three, it kind three of becomes max like, and then <laughs> right it just kind of becomes like noise at that point but um you know my my grandpa on my mom's side was uh he was a preacher his dream was to plant churches around the country. And, you know, I grew up thinking that that was the only way to go. And the terminology used in churches of Christ for better or worse is often a, uh, exclusivistic type of, is that a word? Exclusivistic? I'll take it. Yeah. I know what you mean. Let's go with it. Exclusivistic. Uh, terminology as far as like we are the church and there's a there's a weird church of christ moment that happens all the time which is that uh you'll be talking to someone a deep coc and they'll say the church and then suddenly you're you've got to read them to figure out wait a minute do you mean you know so it intersowed in many congregations that i've been to but certainly my home congregation are people who strongly believe that, and when they use the word the church, they mean people who are members of churches of Christ. And and if you're not in the church, then you're not a Christian. And not in the church of Christ, then you're not a Christian. Right. Yeah, and, and I think that's a it's a it's an important point because I think the reason the reason a lot of the attitude in churches of Christ are like we're the only ones going to heaven type of thing. Yeah. Is and that's not I I think if you talk to most Church of Christers, <laughs> we need a better term. Um, we, they would say, "Well, we're not. We know we're not the only ones going to heaven. Yeah, you know, we're. They are. There are a lot of other Christians out there that we just don't know about them. Um, <laughs> yeah. Well, but but, but the also, implication being that there there may be a couple like hidden in the Catholic Church here and there, or sure, you know, in the mega church down the road. But I think um, I think there's a spectrum. I, I think there's plenty of people in the Church of Christ who have a non-exclusionary, non-exclusive view, and and they're like, oh yeah, you know. Um, but I, I would say, so the spectrum in a congregation is is going to be from very exclusive to to not. Yes, but I, I think it'd be very common in any. Uh, Church of Christ congregation to at least have a population of people that is like, yeah, we're the only ones. Um, yeah. And I think it's an important distinction to make um, that there is always, there's always a spectrum. There's always, I mean, saying that, like you even pointed out when you started out kind of describing it, churches of Christ are not 
technically homogenous. Um, they're not always the same. And, and there, there, while there is no central authority, quote unquote, you know, if someone says I go to a church of Christ, you know what the check boxes are. Yeah. You know? Like no instruments, no women doing anything. Um, Lord's Supper every week. Uh, you know, there are elders. The preacher is not the pastor. He's a preacher. Yeah. Because pastor is a, a word for elder. And we have elders and they run things and set, set down, all the, down the list that you just said. And um, so th there are, there are a, there's a huge gamut of beliefs and opinion among those things. Um, often the central point being brought back to baptism a lot of times as yeah. far as baptism being the moment at which you are saved and it's got to be full water baptism because that's, that's what baptism means. It means immersion. Um, it doesn't mean anything having to do with water. And, right. uh, yeah. And I remember, so, you know, like with my whole history being church of Christ. And like I mentioned last time, I've, I've never been to an, I've never been to a worship service on a Sunday. I should clarify at not a church of Christ. I think, I think I, we stumbled into a mass once in a while in Vienna or something. Um, but having come from that perspective and that's all I ever knew, um, there are a lot of things that you pick up accidentally. Like my yeah. parents never sat me down and said, okay, Stephen, because I'm Stephen to my parents, by the way, I'm Steve. <laughs> They're like, okay. They never said, okay, Stephen, you know, if you want to go to heaven, you have to go to a place with a sign that says church of Christ on the, on the wall, on the, on the outside and small C for church, you know, and yeah. et cetera. But that's the vibe I got from the world around me growing up, the faith world around me. And so I always felt that we like everybody else is trying, but we've got to, we've figured it out, you know? And, yeah. um, and I should, we should, I, there's probably so many caveats. We could just keep going all day with caveats, but yeah. <laughs> you know, like I, people in churches of Christ are trying just as much as everybody else is trying. I think Yeah, it's, it's like, exactly. I don't, I don't think people like people in the Methodist church are like going, ah, screw the Bible. <laughs> yeah. do what I want you to know do. what? I, we're good with a C here. <laughs> right. You know, exactly. those over at Cheever's over at the church of Christ. <laughs> right. We don't want to be that good. Yeah. yeah I think. <laughs> and and that's that's something that over time I kind of had to learn because I I kind of have formed by by no direct teaching I formed this idea that um we're the right ones everybody else was um really screwing up and really making mistakes and they probably didn't care cuz they're being influenced by satan or who knows what and I remember I I went to uh Oklahoma Christian University when I, when I was after, after high school and I was in a, I, I majored in Bible. So one of my early, you know, like preacher classes was, um, the history of the church, the history of the, like the restoration movement basically it was the, the title of the book of the church of yeah. the class. And, uh, one of the assignments was to find a church in town and interview the pastor, the leader, the preacher, whatever they called themselves. And, but it had to be a church 
that was not from our faith tradition, not from our group, um, which included, if you go back to the Restoration Movement information, it included like Disciples of Christ, mm-hmm. Christian um, churches, Christian church, yeah, and a couple, couple other uh, edge ed- fringe churches. And I'm, and I'm like, okay. And uh, I didn't catch that part of the assignment. So I actually ended up going to the Disciples of Christ Church in Edmond, Oklahoma. And Did it have a woman second, pastor? No. Okay. I'm not sure I would have <laughs> talked to a woman pastor yeah. at that point. Um, but I, I remember I, I set up an interview with this guy and I, I recorded the audio so I'd have it to to write down stuff. And I remember I was talking to him and I was shocked at some of the things that they believed. And I thought, holy cow, these guys are off the rails. Cause the guy like, he, he he's like, don't tell anybody, but I baptized <laughs> my ba- my kids when they were born. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, and, but I was surprised that they had elders and I was surprised that they baptized full immersion and huh. a lot of things. And, and, so it was weird, but, and I, I, I kind of got chided for going to the wrong church, but the guy's like, okay, but this guy's off the rails enough that you, <laughs> you yeah, sure. get an A, <laughs> but it's little things like that. And, um, huh. that I started realizing that, that there are other people who are trying to do this too. And that they like, we don't, we're not, we're not the ones who like have a, we don't have a corner of the market, I guess. We don't have on, a monopoly on, 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 uh, yeah, not just on Jesus, yeah. but on, on earnestly seeking to live out what, what God wants us to do. Right. And even to the point where I, you know, we came, we did mission work in Germany to establish a church of Christ, a Gemeinde Christi in, in, in Dresden. Gemeinde. Yeah. And, um, what, what is it in Dutch? Uh, I think the same Jimena van Christus. Okay. It means uh, community, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, anyway, um, and pe- people would ask us when we were over there, like, well, don't we already have churches in town? I'm like, yeah, but... Uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, anyways, we, 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 even to the point where we came back, we came back to the States, and I remember I was driving around town after we'd been here back, it's probably, we came back in 2009 and we, I think I was driving around probably 2011, 2010, driving to work. And I saw this sign for this church in town called Vintage Church. I was like, what is that? It, like, what do they like have like plastic <laughs> wine, couches? Wine and Jesus. <laughs> like vintage, I think like 1950s. Oh, vi- oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> anyway. Retro uh, church. Right. Retro church. Thank you. <laughs> So I looked him up online and I was shocked, like legitimately shocked that they had, that they baptized people full immersion and like the whole, I'm like, what? (laughs) And here I am like, I'm like 35 years old and I'm just realizing that like even more that we don't have a corner on the market. It's, we don't have the monopoly. That's it's, it's it's interesting that you're so. I, I never had that experience of, oh, other Christians are doing this thing too. Probably because I had a childhood friend who was an Eastern or Greek Orthodox Christian. And then, uh, I, I don't know why, but I, 
I wasn't surprised that other people were doing had one element or another. Mm -hmm. But I would, but I spent all you know all my Sundays growing up going to churches of Christ, and so I I knew what the things were that we did, but they were a different for me. There were a different set of things that were important, and they were because they were the things that I knew were contrasting to other churches. Is it love for me or resentment for the words that I spoke? But the sky is pouring down, so either way, we'll know. That's really interesting what you just said about the things you felt were important. I'm yes. curious, what, what were those things that you felt were important as far as church goes? So... I would say um, what you said about what you were accidentally taught, but never explicitly told. Yeah. Um, that has been something I, I've uh, tried to think so much about because, because of what I was accidentally t- taught about sex, but never told that, that I wish that I had, um, that had been, been different. That the things that I was accidentally taught about Lots of things, and, and and as a result, I'm I'm trying to look at what what am I accidentally teaching my son, and uh, what. Oh. So you know, so uh, I, I know what I'm wanting to teach, but what do my actions and the and what I place my make important? What am I teaching m- my son is actually important. So as a kid, uh, my my uh, as far as family memory goes, all Church of Christ. My grandma converted. And I used to think that meant she was a, not a Christian before, but she was, she was, mm. <laughs> she was just a different kind of Christian. Same thing. We, we have, I remember a, a leader of the church had for years and years and years talked about when he became a Christian and, and, uh, and I, I, I realized as an adult, having known him my whole life that he, he had been a different kind of Christian before, mm. you know, he, he wasn't an atheist or a, or a non-believer. Yeah. He was a Catholic, you know, and, and so that blew my mind because I think I did growing up think Christian is a broader term than just Church of Christ and that there are people that that do all kinds of things, including baptize the same or differently than we do. Um, but no one ever said anything, but I, I came to really strongly believe uh, that instrumental worship was a problem. And I, I believed it. So I, I had a, a really close childhood friend who, I don't know why, I was too young to know why, but their their family left our church for another church. Um, and I took it extremely personally. I was like eight. <laughs> wow. You know? So um, uh, as a, as a, no, that's wrong. I, I was in fifth, fourth or fifth grade or something, but I knew what was different about the church he went to was that they had instruments and that I, and that that must be wrong. And, mm-hmm. and so I said lots of things like, you know, I, I damaged our relationship uh, over that issue. Um, and we, you know, it probably still isn't, he probably still thinks I feel that way. Mm-hmm. Um, I damaged another relationship 10 years after that because the guy did think that instrumental worship was wrong. Mm-hmm. Right. So I, I get it wrong <laughs> no matter what I believe I'm pretty still very capable of getting it, getting what is important wrong. Um, but that was a formative memory for me. 
Um, and then when I went to college at a Church of Christ school, um, I, I, you know, some of my early friends that I met were the art kids. And the art kids went to uh, Bridgeway, that w- which in my mind was this super liberal church, you know, where crazy things happen. <laughs> and I walked in and I felt a gut reaction to what was happening in there. Mm. And I'm thankful for that uh, that uh, experience because my gut reaction was that they were that there was instrumental worship, and it felt so wrong, and I felt so convinced because a gut reaction skips your brain. That's how strong yeah. it is. It's and that's how fast it is, and it comes from the things that are deep within you. Um, and I'm thankful to have so things that I've gut reacted to are. Uh, people who open presents before Christmas, especially before it's even Christmas Eve, but Christmas Eve counts as like, wait, what is happening here? Um, and it, instrumental worship. And it, it's helpful to know I've hold those two things equally true and equally important. And they're more important than anything that I could, could logically convey to you. And I like to think about that a lot because I feel like st- the the word for gut in the Old Testament was gut, but we translate it heart a lot of the time. And we say, watch out for your heart. Your heart is deceptive. But we're like, oh, you know, when you, when you read a verse that's like, your heart is deceptive, we don't quite connect it to, you know, you you will see things sometimes and be so convinced that they are wrong that, that you won't even think about it, mm, right? Wow. That's how segregation was to people in the South. Oh, yeah. It, it, wasn't, it wasn't that they it was a gut reaction to the way things have always been. We would have that reaction if our church said, Hey, you know, we're remodeling and we realized we'd save a lot of money. If we just combine the men and, and women's bathrooms into one bathroom, we'd be like, Oh, uh, what? Yeah. You know, it, would it be fine? Yeah. My, the bathrooms in my home are not segregated by gender and, <laughs> and we figure it out. Um, yeah. You know, when there's a line of porta potties next to each other, if there's a man in one and a woman next to the other, we're not worried about right. that. And you could certainly go to another culture and they'd be like, what's the big deal? It's a completely cultural construct that we have that feels so wrong, so, so, so wrong that I could, you know, I couldn't get past that sentence before people would be like, I'm leaving this church. You, know? <laughs> you are, you are mixing the genders together. Uh, it's like, first of all, I, you know, it's a good thought exercise to go through. Like what's a gut reaction like? And you know, it's, it's when things are, you know, when it's not the way you grew up and, and you have the same thing to uh, getting married and going to someone else's home for the way that they serve dinner. Yeah. So I had that reaction to instrumental worship. Um, I I'm, I'm blessed. My, my grandpa was a church of Christ preacher, but he was a geologist which is helpful yeah. because a, a geologist has some beliefs about the world that are can be different from, let's say, if you just went to seminary. Uh, mm-hmm. you, you could probably find a Church of Christ out there where the preacher is a young earther or um, certain kinds of creationist. And my grandpa thought that we were, as a tradition, doing a disservice to ourselves by trying to argue things that, you know, as a scientist that he, he knew were clearly false. Mm. And so um, I had a strong 
Okay, one more anecdote. I in uh high school, maybe my I don't know, junior year of high school, I wrote a paper, a young earth paper though. Really? Using my my source was answers in Genesis.com. Uh, uh. Um and I and for the whole year I was fighting with my teacher about Christianity, but but also this, but you know, a, a very literal I, I didn't want in that setting as an insider talking to an outsider, I didn't want to let go of one little thing mm. to show a chink in the armor. And so, um, who knows what kind of cringy stuff <laughs> I wrote in that, you know, 10 page paper. <clears throat> so, you know, so, so what I thought was important were the things that I had grown up with and that, that were what distinguished me from the outside. Please don't turn away Please don't hide your face As you're talking, I was thinking about this, the distinctions that we make from other, other groups and thinking back to the history of things like that, that's kind of what, it's kind of what the restoration movement was sort of based on is like, we are not like these people and like, well, we've got all these churches around me already. Um, it's like, cause it started around 1800 and it's like, well, yeah. what are what, what are you? It's like, are you like, are you Catholic? No, we're not Catholic. Well, why not? Well, cause we're, we don't do these things. We're not Methodist cause we don't exactly. do these things and Baptist, et cetera. And that, that kind of became, I think an accidental, um, like kind of a tradition in churches of Christ where they spent, especially in like the fifties and the sixties, they spent a lot of time with on sermons that about how Methodists are wrong or the Catholics are wrong or whatever. I mean, I even remember one of my classes in college, one of my favorite professors at the time, um, Kurt Nickham, he was, it was a Romans class. And he, he said, and I'll never forget this. He's like, we, if we define ourselves as not like other churches, we will define ourselves out of existence. That's a good, that's a good and one. Because so much of the, I inferred so much about that growing up that, that what is important is to not be like them in these ways. Right. And that, that framework, it, it seeps in. It's, it's hard to not. And I think it's at its root is this, the thing that we started with, which was kind of a desire to be correct. Yeah, um, absolutely. It, you know, and humans, we're always defining ourselves by who we are and who we are not. But I think especially in the church of Christ um, that has crept in so much so that I I've even been in towns where there are the church of Christ population is significantly higher, which would be the Bible belt. Um, Kentucky is like that. So when there's more than one church of Christ in the town or more than five church, churches of Christ, there'll be, they stop defining themselves by how they're different from Catholics or Presbyterians. Now they're talking about how they're different from the other churches of Christ in town. And, you know, if there were a hundred, then we'd find names for, for them so that we could just find, you know, well, the, the one to my left and my right, here's how we're different from them. And and so that, uh, I heard this term, which was like, oh, the, the, this guy derogatorily talking about another church of Christ in his town said, they're an anti-church. Mm -hmm. I was like, oh, what's, what's an anti-church? He's like, they're, they're again. They're just. They're known by what they're against. They're they're just against a lot of things, 
Um, and I was like, oh man. And, you know, it's so important to know what you're for and, and form your identity about what you're for, or you will by default define yourselves by what you're not or, or what you're against. Yeah. And I, I think that that is exactly where I've kind of come in, in my faith journey through my life is growing up in a tradition where I got the vibe that it was all about what you're not. And it, obviously we talked about what to do, but there's a lot of emphasis on well, we don't do this. We don't do that. We don't do this and that. And I'm, I'm getting closer to the point of trying to be I mean, inclusive. Maybe is not the right word, but trying to, try to figure out what commonalities do we have amongst people who are quote unquote Christian in the world, instead of focusing so much on how they don't do like that one hour a week on Sunday morning, the right way. Um, okay. So, so maybe they don't do things the way that I've grown up doing them. You know, they, they, they have a woman preaching or they've got instruments, heaven forbid, or, whatever um what are they what what is what is this church about what are these people like are they are they following god are they followers yeah yeah are they just believers like we talked about last time or are they actually followers are they disciples are they changing the world are they i mean all these things and i'm i'm trying to see other churches and uh, and other christians as what are we about together? And I always, I always go back to that, that story in the gospels about how the, the, the apostles come back to Jesus. They're like, somebody's prophesying and, and doing miracles in your name. What are we going to do? We got to stop them. He's like, hold on. If they're doing it in my name, let them do it. Yeah. It's so I, I thought it George Bush famously misquoted that, that verse. Oh yeah. And he, and he accidentally said something like, if you're not with us, then you're against us, right? Uh, but, uh, so George Bush, if you're not with us, you're against us, George Bush. But what Jesus said was, if you're not against us, you're with us. Right. It's like, what? <laughs> what do you mean, Jesus? Yeah. You know, and, and the, the second scary verse is, you know, by the measure that you use, you will be measured. Or the way that you judge people is how you're going to be judged. And that, that doesn't necessarily have to be talking about salvation, but man, what a scary verse uh, if I look at my life, because I have taken these things, this way of thinking about faith, which is, you know, it, even now, in a, I would say that our home congregation is pretty open, yeah. and, um, but it's still very common in a class or a sermon to hear, here's a wrong theology as a straw man or a real or it, may, it could be a real argument, but here's the wrong way to see this. Now, let me tell you the right way to see this. Um, it's so hard for me to not take that with me uh, and, you know, and see the spongy bread or see the, um, or something in a song, some lyric, or I, I want to do church the right way so bad that I get distracted by these things that are on the outside of what does it mean to be a Christian? And I miss the core so often. And it, it, it was a wake up call for me. The Pharisees were doing that. The, the Pharisees really wanted to be correct earnestly. Yeah. 
wanted to be correct. And, and what they did so that they could make sure that they were being correct is first they codified, they went through the Bible, their, their scripture, their Torah, and then their, uh, their other teachings. And they said, here it is. And then they said, well, what does that mean? Because some of these are a little, are a little vague. And so they added to that to make sure, okay, mm. well, here's what it means. Or here, you know, let's draw a barrier around it that's even wider than that law so that we can be, be sure that we're not, we're not um, breaking a law. That, that's out of an earnest desire to, to be correct. But what God says is like, yeah, but, you know, it's not sacrifice that I desire, it's mercy. Or, yeah. you, or what Jesus said was, you are straining gnats. But you're swallowing a camel. <laughs> uh, you are trying so hard and you want so bad to be correct that in doing so, you have missed the whole point. The whole point. And, and so I, I missed, I definitely missed in, in straining gnats and getting good at using the Bible as a gnat strainer. Mm. Um, I just missed so many camels. And, I, you know, if you... Take a hair sample, it's going to be like 60% camel <laughs> that I have swallowed and has been become a, a part of me. And, and I, I have missed, you know, the first two commandments. <laughs> like, uh, and I, so I think uh, part of, the, part of the, the reason is if, if you read the Bible as one, your debate book for winning debates against other Christian denominations, but also just two, if you think the Bible's got rules for how to do worship correct, then you're going to end up with the Church of Christ. That's that's how you get to the Church of Christ. Is you say the Bible is how to do worship correct. Now now go now find it. Like okay, that what will spit out from that is the Church of Christ. But maybe maybe the Bible isn't that. Maybe the Bible is here's who God is and here's who you are. Yeah, and to be fair, you know? churches of Christ are not the only or the first groups to to approach it that way. You know, I was, right. I was this morning, I was lying in bed thinking about, I don't, I, I, my mind goes weird places, but I was thinking about the, the hermeneutic that we tend to use hermeneutics being like how you, how you like the set of rules and guidelines that you use to interpret the Bible and how even in, in growing up and in college, I was the, the term was command example, necessary inference. And nice the command. Yeah. It's like, is it commanded directly? Okay. You got to do that thing or not do that thing. Is there an example of that thing? If there is, and you have to do that or not, you know, accordingly and necessary inference being, is there something inferred in scripture that, that seems to imply that you should do or not do a thing? And um, right. I, was, I was talking to my wife about it and she's like, I've never heard that in my life. <laughs> but when I described it, she's like, oh yeah, that's how I grew up too. And like, an, like the necessary inference thing would like the non instruments in church, like no instruments thing comes from scripture where Paul says, sing and make music in your hearts to God. Well, that's basically says sing. It doesn't say, and play instruments. It says, Right. Sing and make music in your heart. So I guess you're supposed to play the, the guitar in your heart and not out, like in, in real life. Right. And how I, I totally get where that comes 
in and I mean, there's, there's more to it than that. I mean, that's a simplistic explanation, but when you, when you read scripture that way, it, the, to me, the, the, the example and necessary inference are very easily just two more fences, just like the Pharisees put up. And some, sometimes right. even the command stuff, because we're looking at it as white Americans and that's how we do things. We're looking at it as rational, individualistic, you know, um, we've got all these things built into it, Western. Um, and so when we read, especially, you know, I've thought about this before, like, you know, and as a kid, you'll run into the, into verses where you're like, this is literally talking about some, what to do in worship and we don't do this thing. Yeah. So, so like, uh, women should cover their heads when they pray. It's like, we just covered that by just not letting them pray, you know, but, but, uh, or, or that's that, that, or like, that one's cultural. Yeah. So exactly. So we said some things are cultural, but you know, it was always hard for me to understand, uh, you know, which things are and which things aren't. Cause there's so much instrumental worship in the Bible. Yeah. Right. So, um, that, that's kind of a hard thing to, convey but i i think what i've been trying to focus on and what i think jesus tried to say over and over and over was um there are some things that are more important than other things and i i i like to say this is more than that and, and there are so many times in the bible when uh there are good things um but then there's a better thing yeah um and so if you if you think, you know, the Bible is, first of all, if you think the Bible is the rules for worship, it, the Bible is a, did a poor job. Yeah. You know, uh, it, it'd be nice if it was, because if the Bible was the rules for worship, it, it probably could have been a lot shorter and it'd be like, start here, do this, 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 and this, you know, you can have this many songs from this source. This kind of person can do this thing. The end, it'd be, a, it'd be one, you know, 200 pages. Yeah, we're completely we're completely lacking in in order of worship, well, order of worship, or <laughs> contents of worship, or day of worship, or you know, you know, there there are examples here or there, but it's kind of, it's like reading a spy novel, and it's like this is how to shoot a target, like maybe the guy uses a gun, but it's if if that's all you do is read the spy novel, and and it's like then he casually took it out, and you think that that's rules on how to shoot a target, you. Not only are you mistaking, you know, what's the story here that, that it's trying to convey, but you're going to learn how to shoot a yeah. target in a weird way too. And, you know, the, it's hard, it's hard to work myself out of that though, because I have spent so much time reading the Bible in, in a way that, that mostly talks about my, my Sunday mornings that it's hard for me to, to stop doing it. But, but Jesus, Jesus, you know, and the prophets were trying to say like, You've gotten a lot of, you know, talking about the Sabbath or, or talking about um, some tricky, you know, question that the Pharisees asked him. A lot of the time he, he, he just answered them like, you're missing the point. That question, I can't even answer that question. It's the wrong it, question. It just misses the point. Uh, it's the wrong question. Let me, you know, let me tell you this. Like, sure, you said love God and then you said love your neighbor. I want to be like, oh, but yeah. who's my neighbor? He's like, okay, okay, here's who's your neighbor, you know, the Samaritan. 
yeah. the one that got it all wrong. They think Jesus, they think God looks like a cow. They worship on the, in the wrong town. That's, that's who's your neighbor. Um, you know, you're so busy trying to focus on what, what is the exact right thing that you're, you're missing. Absolutely. And I think that it's so the, the, what's more, what the more important thing is so important. And I think that, and to be fair, any person who goes to a church of Christ or grew up in church of Christ knows or would say the Bible, they would say the Bible's not all about Sunday morning. I mean, it's about living your life, salvation, things like that. But the interesting thing about it is for 99% of the, the time, what defines the church of Christ is that Sunday morning time. It's not like, yeah, everything else is pretty much common. Like help the poor, you know, um, love your neighbor, all, all these things that Jesus says clearly, we all want to do the same thing generally in, in the world, in our lives. But yeah. we've decided that Sunday morning is the time that's going to make me right or wrong across the board. And I think that that's yeah. in, in my life, that's something I've slowly over time through the many, many examples that I've or experiences that I've had has gotten me to the point where I'm realizing I think the the amount of things that I feel are vital and important is shrinking and becoming more distilled. Would you remember the sunny days we shared? And all the laughter and joy before the rain. I guess some what sums up is churches of Christ don't have the monopoly. And once, once again, it's not that churches of Christ are wrong. Um, it's that I think that the emphasis has been on the difference for so long and on some things that I think that need to have people need to take a new look at. And we need to be focusing more like Jesus said, like, who is for us and who can we partner yeah. with and what can we do together instead of just trying to be divisive. And, and there are even, I'm, I'm sure that there are leaders in churches of Christ all over the world that do the things like that. Like, like our preacher here in town, he, he has, he goes to the prayer breakfasts with, you know, other pastors and things like that. Um, so it's, it's not like I, I, once again, I don't want to lump everybody together. We're painting but, with extremely broad brushes. Uh, yeah. What I'm what I'm talking about is myself and my my experience and my journey because I was so hardcore only church of Christers are going to heaven and in my personal journey I have really gotten to the point where I don't believe that. I think that followers of Christ are going to go to heaven and you can get a whole d- debate about what that means, but I think that we need to just we need to be more open and welcoming to other people who love Jesus, you know, and want to follow God through the wilderness. And I think that we'd have a lot more, I think that, I think that's the unity that Jesus is wanting. He's praying for in the, in the garden. It's not, it's not unity that we all go to the same church building. Or do things the same way or care about the same things or like the same songs. 
none of that, in my opinion, is required for unity. Yeah, it goes all the way back to when before I moved to Germany, I had a guy uh, at a congregation approach me after I, I I give us like a sermon, kind of like a fundraising type thing. And uh, he approached me afterwards. He's like, so what version of the Bible do they use over in Germany? Is it the King James? I'm like, <laughs> better be. I, I'm pretty sure they have some, some uh, German translations. And it like the look on his face was like, what? Right. You know, you, do yeah. people do things differently in a different country? If they're a different language <laughs> even? Because I've, I've built, you know, my identity on that King James is better than something else because I defined myself as as the contrast from the next church right. over. But then when I take a step back and realize, like, the King J- James is just the English, you know, Jesus wasn't speaking King James's English. Yeah. He was talking in Aramaic and, and quoting, you know, right. the, the Greek Bible and the Hebrew Bible. You know, um, I've, and I'm, you know, in... And all of, I, I could probably criticize specific churches of Christ or the church of Christ for days. And that's actually the, a fault that I have inherited from growing up, uh, thinking what, what matters is thinking and doing and, and saying the right things in, in churches and, and defining ourselves by what, what we as a body believer don't believe. And even that is wrongheaded. But I have, I have no desire to, um, like leave the church of Christ in order to find some group that's done it better or doing it better. Right. It's, it's not, not at all. And, and, and I'm, you know, in all of that criticism, I want to be clear that my, my perspective changes have mostly come from me doing it wrong. Lots and lots of ways, including, you know, chastising my friend for worshiping at a, at a instrumental worship church. And then 10 years later, criticizing my friend who thought that it was wrong to use instruments. I, both of those I did wrong. I, I, and, and neither of, you know, you know, it's, it's, and when Paul talks about, you know, eat meat or don't eat meat, he's, he's talking about that thing that I get wrong, which is like, yeah, so maybe somebody's technically right there. I think somebody is technically right there, but there's something more important even than being te- technically right. Um, and so I, I, I do want to come to this, uh, humbly because not only have I gotten it wrong so many times, but I, I still get it wrong. Um, and not just, you know, I've started to have humility, not just like, who do I think is in or out, but, but, you know, I, I even have humility now when I talk to non-believers because I have I need Jesus more than they do. <laughs> I I need Jesus uh like <laughs> sick people need a hospital and 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 Jesus me needing Jesus doesn't make me better than you. All right? You know, it's it's an it's a it is an acknowledgement that I don't got it figured out. And and the the modern logical bible reading part of me wants to be right about things and then stop there and then try to correct people when I see that they're wrong. Um, but the part of me that is being changed and shaped by Jesus and the part of me that's trying to have a relationship with Jesus is 
is working on me to see the places where I'm wrong and to have a lot of grace for the people around me that, that are at different places and in different yeah, and aspects I, of I their life. I think that the, know? the immediate assumption when, as I've talked to several families and individuals lately who have the, if they've gone, they've, they're worshiping someplace else now. And I've, I've seen it from the inside and hearing it from the, from people from the outside, it was interesting that the assumption for most people, and it's still in a church of Christ is that you left because you think we're doing it wrong and that these other people are doing it all right. And it feels like a judgment on them. That, and that's why people take it so personally. And that's why, and that's why it's such, it feels like a judgment on them. And it feels like because we've accidentally tied all these things to salvation, not explicitly, but just in our gut, not in our brain. Not only are you saying you found a better thing than us, but are, am I going to hell now? Because I'm still worshiping in a church of Christ. No, no one says that out loud, but I think in the gut area, it still connects there. Like, wait a minute. If you're going there, that first of all, that means that they're doing it right. But then second of all, what does that say about my salvation? Which is you know, not what, not it at all. Yeah. And I think it takes a lot of humility that, um, to realize that, okay, if I, if I go to this other church in town, um, yeah, I know that they're doing some things quote unquote wrong or whatever. I mean, I, I could make a list wrong. Yeah. <laughs> and but are they net? But are they gnats? And maybe should I? Right, so do I need I, more gnats <laughs> and less camels in my uh, diet? Less hair for sure. But um, so but it, this other church, yeah, I, I could make a list of things that are wrong. But I could turn around at any any church in town and do the same thing, including church that I grew up with. Um, and so I think the humility that I think that I'm trying to find, I'm trying to work at because it's you know it's so ingrained, like you were saying, in our in our minds and hearts or our guts is that just because I go to a place and I've always thought this one thing, regardless of what that thing or place is, that doesn't mean that it's always the right thing or that I can't, or that I can't go someplace else and be just as pleasing to God. Cause I think that's the goal to me, to me is, is am I, am I pleasing God? Am I following him? Am I exalting him or am I trying to make sure that I just do things the right way? And I, you could argue all day long about which is which and which leads to one and the other and all that kind of stuff. But, and I think that there are things that matter. Don't get me wrong, but it's, I think exactly what you said is we need to take a new look in my opinion about what's a gnat and what's a, what's a camel. Yeah, and and have a little bit of grace for people who think things are camels that we think are gnats, right. and things that we think are gnats that we, you know, and, and and humility that, um, maybe I should start measuring people by the measure I hope God uses for me. Absolutely. Which is, uh, man, I hope I don't get nailed on the stuff that I believe wrong because it's there, and, and so, yeah, lot, lots of grace. Yeah is what we get. So lots of grace is probably what we should give. Amen to that. It's it's in the Lord's prayer. I've I've been trying to pray the Lord's prayer every day. Yeah. Um because I'm trying to get to know Jesus and I'm trying to let 
him give me my priorities instead of me make up my own because what i think is important is what i'm good at yeah when i see someone else i admire them for the things that are like me which is extremely narcissistic and selfish i like quick wit i like um people who are like have higher than average iq um i'm already you know i'm, I'm bragging about myself in that but i like <laughs> i value humor i value people who don't ha- show a lot of emotion you know because that's what I, is easy for me. But what I should right. value is, you know, anyways. Um, but the, the Lord's Prayer um, is such a good realignment tool. Because you first you start and say like, God's up here. And I hope and I want everyone to see you up here, including myself. And your will is done sometimes, but I want it to be done everywhere, including in my life. And then you go from that to like, and but I need stuff every day. I need you because I'm lacking. Yeah. And then by the way, I, I need your help to forgive the people around me that I'm holding all this stuff about against. But I ask that you please forgive me for, you know, for all the ways that I fall short. And it's, so it's, it's such a great, um, it, it it's it puts God up here. What what I've got against people are those small debts, you know those mm. those little things. Um, and but what I earnestly want is not to be correct, um, like the Pharisees were correct. It's to be incorrect, like P- Peter was never right a minute of his life. <laughs> uh, uh, so you know I I want to be. I want to be like Peter or like David who also never got it. David got very few things right. Yeah. Um, but he, he was just lunging, heart. lunging towards God. So is yeah. Peter sometimes literally plunging. And so, and he was just jumping towards like, I want to do this. I want to follow you. And he got it wrong almost every time, you know, but he was, I want to be a follower. I want to follow that fire. And, in this, in this time where I am, which is kind of a Sabbath from in-person church, when I go back, I don't want to just flip that switch back on to here I am being a Christian and I go to this church because it, of the feeling it gives me or because of it, I feel it's the best one. I, I want to be letting the Spirit work through me and then I, I want to find a, a community that that is going that direction too, that, that I can benefit and that they can benefit me. And, um, and hopefully that we don't accidentally teach my, my kid the wrong thing on accident. You know? And I, I want to be defined by who I'm going toward, not who I'm trying to avoid. Yeah. Or what I'm against. And I, that's, I, th- I think that's what we're both trying to figure out is how to do I, that, where to do that. I want um, Christians to be known by their love for real. And, but I feel like we live in a world where Christians are known by their judgments and I've got so much judgment in me uh, about any topic, you know, uh, secular or religious, (laughs) I will rank you (laughs) as a person. If, if you drink Folgers coffee, then I'm, you know, it's maybe a salvation issue for me and for, for (laughs) yeah, I'd agree, (laughs) you know, so, um, but Jesus, Jesus came and told the religious people like, Hey, you know, start 
loving the people that that God loves. Don't don't be too concerned about hanging out around people that other people are going to think you're doing the wrong thing even. Yeah, you know? Um so it's hard. I I've, I've gotten it wrong so many times that I don't trust myself. I don't trust my gut. And now I'm trying to to see where where is God leading me and how can I be following and doing Monday through Saturday? Um Yeah. And and not just thinking and believing the right things. You know. Amen. I want to wrap this up. Let's wrap it up. Yeah. Go watch the Super Bowl. Go watch the Super Bowl. Um, what's left of it? I've I've got we <laughs> we have a married into our family a, a a sports ball fan, someone who really takes it seriously. And oh yeah, you know, speaking of salvation issues, like I, not only was I a nerd and not good at any sports, but I never like cared very much because all my teams were the Colorado teams, and you know they're not good at anything. <laughs> Um, and so it's so hard for me to care about football. Um, but in my job, I talk to workers every day of my life. Yeah. Um, all over the, the nation. And so I developed this trick so you can borrow it too. Cause I think you, Ooh, you have good. similar, similar views on football or any kind of sports ball. So if you're, you know, you, you meet someone new, let's say it's a business transaction or, or a new hire or, or whatever. And they see that you're a male. And so what they assume is that you really like the sport that they like. Right. <laughs> so they're going to jump right in and say, hey, how about that interception, right? <laughs> so for, first of all, you don't, I don't know what sport they're talking about. What, like, they're assuming so many things about me that not only do I care about whatever sport this is, but that I watch that game and that I, uh, root for, so, it, so th- that's an example. But the, the answer that works 100% of the time and that is honest, even though it's extremely deceptive, is, <laughs> oh, man, I don't, even, I don't even want to talk about it. Oh, man, I don't even want to talk about it. It's true. You're lying by telling the truth. Because what, what, what you're saying is, I don't like that thing, and I, this conversation is going nowhere. But what they think you're saying is, I care so much about that thing. So much that, more than you. Even. So much more than you <laughs> that I. it's too soon for me to talk about it. Oh, wow. <laughs> Probably works with, uh, with politics, too. We should try that. But uh, that definitely fantastic. works with football. I don't even want to talk about it, man. Well, thank oh. <laughs> Respect. Sorry, man. It's, it's rough. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's great. Oh, man. It's been good talking to you. It's been good. Yeah. I'll see you next week. screaming we're really glad you joined us for our discussion today for show notes and contact info please go to followingthefire.com we'd love to hear from you we'd also really appreciate you giving us a review wherever you happen to get your podcasts and special thanks to daniel wheat for our music you can find more of his stuff on spotify and apple music see you later Even on my heart Can't compare with what you're worth